0: Love Talk Radio. Uh, welcome to Black Women, Widows, and Powers Blog Talk Radio, and this is our fourth show, and thanks to those that have called in and those that are listening to the replay, I thank you. Can everyone hear me? I have unmuted everyone, so I want to make sure everyone uh, is able to, uh, you know, discuss and chat interactively, so can you guys hear me?
1: Yes, I can hear you. Yes. All right, <laughs> thank
0: you. Okay. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. I know it's 11 o'clock at night, but um, I figured that everyone got their chores done and uh, had something to eat. So I figured that this time would be good for uh, especially those that are calling in from the East Coast. Um, that would work for them well, it's, you know, I'm sure. So I just want to thank you again. Uh, my name is Sabra Robinson. I am the founder of the Black Women, Widows, and Uh, We are an organization and network uh, focused on empowering widowed women of color uh, as well as providing avenues of bringing together all widowed women, no matter what color, via our various uh, outreaches like our Dinner Heels and How-To Events, which is a sit-down dinner which we eat, laugh, and chat about various topics. And we also hold meetups. you know, meetup.com. Uh, In Charlotte and Baltimore, so check us out at BlackWomenWidowsEmpowered.com for more information. And just so you know, I am based in Charlotte, North Carolina, via Baltimore, Maryland. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Um, Thanks again for being here today. So we are here today to talk about, uh, chat about love, loss, how grief can be dealt with when a spouse dies suddenly. Uh, especially Charlie Murphy, Murphy's death and uh, how he must have felt uh, when his wife died. So I just want to get a feel for, you know, you guys, how do you feel about it? Um, You know, once, once we all heard the news, uh, especially the background of how his wife had died. So this is an open discussion. Um, if there is anyone who happens to be on the line that is related to or a friend of uh, either Charlie Murphy or his wife, uh, Tisha Taylor, uh, I just want to relay my heartfelt condolences and I can't say how sorry I am to uh, to both families of Charlie Murphy and uh, his wife, Tisha Taylor Murphy. So may God be with uh, you and, and family and continue to strengthen you during this difficult time and and, and years to come. Uh, so let me just send some positive vibes about Charlie Murphy before we really get into it, uh, before we get into our discussion. So who was Charlie Murphy? Um, his, his, his name of which he was given at birth is Charles Quinton Murphy. He was born July 12, 1959, and as you know, he passed away April the 12th um, last week. So he was an American actor, comedian, voice artist, and writer. And he was best known as a writer and cast member of the Comedy Central Sketch Comedy Series um, on The Chappelle Show. And as you also may know, he was the older brother of Eddie Murphy, born in Brooklyn. Do we have any Brooklynites on the call? I am. Anyone from Brooklyn? All right, all right. So I just want to go ahead and uh, briefly just kind of, uh, you know, mentioned some of his movies that, uh, that he was a part of. Um, as you know, as I mentioned before, The Chappelle Show. Then he did Norbit, uh, Black Jesus, The Perfect Holiday. I saw that. I love that, that Christmas movie. Uh, Our Family Wedding, which, was, uh, which came out in 2010, and of which he, he um, this movie came out after his wife had passed away. So apparently he must have been filming uh, while his wife was sick, and, and during the time that his wife passed, um, I was able to hear an interview on YouTube of him uh, just describing the movie and um, his wife, and um, just talking about uh, how he was living uh, living again after his uh, wife's death. And it was a pretty good um, it was a pretty good interview. So you know he's done several movies, uh, Lottery Ticket Night at the Museum, Roll Bounce, Meet the Blacks. If I say any of these that you guys can relate with or you like, just give a shout-out to it. Um, again, this is an honor, a special tribute to uh, the life of Charlie Murphy, and um, I just want to kind of relate it to um, grief and um, widowhood, uh, whether you're a widow or a widower, um, Additional movies that he was a part of, cb 4 Vampire in Brooklyn, Harlem Nights, Moving Day, The Players Club, King's Ransom, Paper Soldiers, Jungle Fever. Wow. Frankenhood. <laughs> uh, Freaknik, the musical, The Hustle, The Kid Who Loved Christmas, Mo' Better Blues, Unearthed, uh, Murder Was the Case, Death of a Dynasty. He's been around a while, and that was from 2005. Uh, Bar Stars. The Cookout 2, Three Days to Vegas, Sugaboo, Paulie Shores Natural Born, uh, Universal Remote, Happy Valley, and uh, several others as well. And uh, this is just a time span of more than 10 years. Um, so I just want to give a big, you know, shout out to his family and to his fans. And again, just relay my uh, deepest condolences. So, At this time, I'll just go ahead and and just begin the interactive discussion. And, again, thanks to everyone who's on the call. So if I can just, uh, if you guys can just shout out, you don't have to give your name, just tell me where you're from. Tell me where you're from. Um, I'll go ahead. I can see the phone numbers here. I'll just go ahead and and just uh, shout out a, um, you know, just the first three, uh, the, the area code of where you're from and And just tell me what what it is, because I'm not familiar with all of these area codes. So, 301, I I think that's Maryland. Is that Maryland? Yes, it is, but I'm actually in North Carolina. North Carolina, what city? Right here in uh, the city of Oaks, Raleigh. All right, Raleigh. Then we have area code 810. That's Michigan. All right, Michigan. Uh two oh one.
1: That's uh Keenick, New Jersey.
0: New Jersey. Area code two one in Ohio. Ohio, all right, and four oh four. I think that is Atlanta. Yes, that's Atlanta. All righty. And nine oh eight? That's East Brunswick, New Jersey. New Jersey, all right, all right. Thank you guys so much. And again, this is also airing online, so uh, we have some people that have uh, are listening online as well, so thanks again. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, so callers, what, what did you think about hearing about Charles Murphy's death, Charlie Murphy's death? What was your reaction? Anyone? I know I was very surprised. It was one of those uh, situations where it was no one really knew. Um Anyone want to go ahead and just kind of uh, you know just tell us how you felt when you heard about it? What about Michigan? I'm sorry. Asking how you felt. Yeah, Michigan. I just said what about Michigan? I'm just trying to get a you know an interactive discussion about uh, how callers felt about you know once they heard about his death, and I'm just I'm just picking on anyone uh, an area code that I just see so. Um, you know, I just when, when I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. When 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 I heard about it, um, it kind of tapped into one of my uh, biggest fears as a widow. And um, you know, I I had already lost my husband, and one of my biggest fears is something happening to me too before both of my children grow up. And um are able to be self-sufficient and sustain themselves or just something happening to me period and they you know lose both of us and so that was kind of like um of course you know sympathy empathy you know um towards the family towards you know um his his children towards you know all of the fans you know because of who of who Charlie Murphy was but also Um, on the empathetic side, you know, just kind of thinking, you know, wow, you know, both those children lost both parents. And that's, you know, one of the biggest fears that I have when it comes to my own children. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I believe on the call we have uh, several widows and and a widower, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so basically everyone on here, uh, just about everyone, I believe, can identify with, you know, what if both spouses, you know, what if I go next? What about my kids? And that's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, anyone else? I didn't know about his wife prior to hearing about him passing. Uh, yeah. That that yeah. happened. Uh, and they had children. And um, it's always interesting um, I'm a as a widow to hear how widowers handle uh, that. I mean, I know there are a lot out there. But the only one that I kind of follow that's out there in the public is Marvin Sapp, who lost his wife. Mm. And I don't know if yeah. he's married, it, but uh, that's the only one that I really know in the public eye that I kind of um, follow how he processes that. But uh, it's always interesting because men process, men handle grief and loss and loss of a wife differently than women do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point that you said that, you know, we heard about um, Marvin wife, Marvin Sapp's wife, but we, I did not know that Eddie, um, I'm sorry, Charlie Murphy's wife had, had passed. It was more of a, um, you know, kind of hush hush until, um I guess it was one of those things where you just uh you just want your privacy. And you don't hear a lot about that. And um, you know, it's you want to. Not not saying that, you know, you wanna be nosy and find out, you know, but it's just that it helps, you know, it helps with the healing, it helps with others that are in that situation and I, I don't hear about a lot of uh especially um you know, black men widowers uh, in the public and how they deal with grief. So that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Anyone else? And it was a shocker to me as well when I heard, you know, when I read about his wife and, um, you know, I was thinking when I read about it, I was like, well, what was I doing back in 2009? How did I not hear about that? You know, it's back in 2009 is when really social media came on the scene. I know that's when Facebook came on the scene. So, you know, with this technology, with all of this technology, we're able to hear so much more or read so much more. But even so, we're still not, at least from what I see, I'm, I'm still not hearing a lot about, you know, a lot of widowers and how they're dealing with, with uh you know, with their grief and the loss of their wife. Anyone else on the call was shocked to hear? Well, um, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Mm -mm. Um, Well, I was going to, um, I guess um, the thing that is interesting is, is that my because uh, you know Eddie Murphy was from my area, and he was friends with my sister and my oldest brother, so I didn't. I was oh concerned. wow! I, I didn't really hang out with them, but um, they were they were friends. So you know, I, I had a you know special following
0: wow.
1: with, with, with Murphy, and I was actually glad that you know I didn't know Charlie, um, um, but um, I was glad that he gained some success. So. You know, someone made a point about men not necessarily uh, they handling you know handling grief uh, of a loss of a spouse differently, and it's it's sort of like a stigma that follows us. You know that we we have to be strong, and if you you know show any type of emotion, I mean you're a weak man. And um, you know, you know, I, I didn't. I guess because. You know in the past, I had some deep death experiences that kind of changed my perspective in life so oh, wow. um you know i it was more about just trying to you know tell my story so um you know i I have no idea what was going on in his mind other than most likely you know i mean not just i am I know his family his friend's knew, but you know and and i guess i guess for me um I would just say, you know, whatever happened to my spouse and to the public is none of their business, you know. um and, yeah. You know, it's because it's something that you really don't want to run out and just tell the world that happened because you just sort of, you know, have that pain that eats at you. So it's a matter of, you know, trying to swallow it and, and deal and, and go on with life or just you figure out ways of, of expressing it. So, um, someone mentioned earlier about you know the fear of losing both spouses because that's what it is. You know, you look yeah. at if you have your kids, you just look at them and you go, well, they got one shot now. You know, they had two shots before, now they got one shot. Um, so it's scary for me, and I'm sure it's scary to everyone on the phone that now we fear that maybe something happens to us, and then now our kids don't have, they don't have any parents.
0: Yeah. That is such a good point. And I, I agree that it is that stigma of, you know, men just accessing I mean because if you if you look at even our widows groups, our widows groups are comprised of, you know, um mostly women, you know, and and so we don't hear a lot about men's, you know, um grief in the public and especially, you know, like on the on the platforms of um, support groups because there is that stigma, you know, that if they express their emotions, they're they're weak, you know, and, and they 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 keep those emotions bottled up. And so, you know, I know I'm a part of multiple groups, and you know, in those groups, you know, there is most mostly women, and then also, you know, statistically, um, um, women tend to, especially Black women, um, become become widows we tend we tend to you know we lose our husbands um before before men you know lose their wives you know and there's a lot of statistics that statistics that go with that either uh, also but i just think you know men just don't express you know that grief publicly and especially on you know um public platforms you know such as our support groups and things like that so And I think that's not fair for men because what happens is they bottle up and it has to come out, but it comes out in a dysfunctional way. A lot of times people um, self-medicate, different addictions develop, and um, mental health issues develop. I think it even causes uh, health concerns because it just gets into your – that they, there's research that says that grief causes can cause physical ailments, you know, mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's not processed. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, um, yeah, it makes me think about you know like those high school days, those college days when um, you know when you know you have one of your boys like you know they break up for their from their girl and. And, you know, you're out with the fellas, and and it's like, um, you know, you're kind of egging them on, you know. It's like, oh, go ahead, drink more, you know, get over it, check her out, you know, trying to push that friend to move on. And that's just that overall stigma that kind of follows the, you know, whatever it is, don't show emotion, you know, get over it, you know, pick yourself up and 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 so you know we just have a tendency to keep things in and you know like someone said it's unfair
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and and i agree with that it is unfair because you know it's 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 a part of helping others heal through telling your story and i think if uh more groups like the ones that we have um more people get involved or more groups established to um, to bring together uh, this type of uh, for the sake of, of bringing together this type of discussion. I think that would help with um, people just trying to um, allowing them to finally talk about and tell their testimony. Um, I know it'll take some time um, because I think we just as a culture are just, um, just to ourselves and, um, you know, you guys can, you can agree with me or not, but just from what I see, it's, it's just one of those things where it's just, it takes us a little longer to process our hurt and, and tell people, tell others about it. And like the caller said, you know, it is unfair because others want to know. We, we want to know because it will help. It'll help other men. It'll help other women heal just by hearing other stories. Anyone else? I mean, I think with, uh, and not only Charlie Murphy, you know, I'm sure there's there's just been others, um, other widowers who have gone through the same, but I think with Charlie Murphy it kind of uh, hit the core of the black community because of his special relationship, you know, because of what happened between he and his wife and just listening to the, you know, his radio, uh, the radio show that he gave and and, and him talking about his wife and, and the blogs and the news, it was just a sad story. It really was just a sad story. And I just wanted to hit on that and just kind of bring it in the open. you know, what happens when spouses, when both spouses do die, you know, um, even up before that point when when the wife died first and, you know, there was mention of how she planned her own funeral. Um, that had to be hard. That really had to be hard. And, you know, I just want to put it out there. If you were in her situation, I know um, I, t- I want to tell a story quickly about, you know, once my husband died five years ago, uh, we didn't have a will. He didn't have a will. He didn't want to. Um, uh, we kept talking about it but we never um got around to it and by the time we were like, Okay, let's do it he got he got even sicker and, and he passed away. And um so what I did was I immediately wrote a will and then I started organizing and just writing out, Okay, I want this person, I called him a project manager, I want you to be the project manager of my funeral. <laughs> And um mm-hmm. just kinda of mailed out different paperwork to different friends just to give them their duties if I were to die. And when I read about how Charlie Murphy's wife just planned her own funeral, you know, that um that, that just really hit a core, um hit a soft spot in me because um that had to be something that that she didn't want to do, but she she knew she had to do it. She had to be, you know, to me, she was strong even up to that point. And um, how how would you all feel, you know, if uh, I know there's a a widower, I think that that's Andre on the call. Um, How was it with, and if you don't mind talking about it or sharing, um, you know, the days before she passed away? did you get organized? did you um, or did she get organized? Um, was it any planning you know because i want to talk- i want to touch on that too, as far as planning with wills and and just you know being prepared
1: yeah um, um unfortunately, um you know she wasn't in her mind. Um, for probably the last few weeks before she died, like you know, I, I, okay. I refer to it as I lost her. So mm-hmm. she okay. was just so delirious, and she just just was not there. So um, it, that that kind of took the the whole focus uh, away from trying to plan or making preparing, because um, it was like two days before she died, we were. I was told that she was going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was mm-hmm. it was tough to to try to kind of plan anything. Um, so when it happened, it was um, it was um, just sort of starting from scratch. You know, trying to figure stuff out. Um, we didn't have a will. She she didn't want to talk about it when I tried to bring it up. Um, I should have been more forceful with that. But you know, it, it really. I mean, we, we were in a better place than, than um, you know, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, and, you know, if we were prepared, it would have been better, but it wasn't as bad as it it could have been. So um, I don't know if that played a part of, you know, the whole not planning itself. But, you know, like I said before, you know, two days before she died, it was like a Wednesday, I was told, and she died early morning Friday so um and prior to that um you know it was she 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 really couldn't talk that much, and she was um you know struggling with memory and and um you know it was it was just frustrating and and sad and you know hurtful just to see someone in front of you dying going
0: away like that, absolutely, absolutely. Anyone else have have anything to share um, in relation to that? I just think it's uh, for the family to plan like that. I'm just thinking if uh, two years ago my dad passed away and he was 91, but uh, about a year, maybe even a and a half prior, because he was suffering from um, late stages of dementia. Uh, my sister and I, my brother-in-law, had went to the funeral home. The pre uh, pre arrangements we made. So when the time came, uh, now I haven't done that because I have, I'm a single parent, have two children, but it's something I definitely should consider. And frankly, I'm just I'm gonna be honest, and I'm upset with myself about this, but my will's not even complete. But um, it's for the mm-hmm. family, so they don't have because when my husband passed away, we had. Uh, you're scrambling The family doesn't have to scramble Because they're dealing with enough So it's just right, to right. to this. this is um, Khadija When my husband Passed away um, Probably about six months After he passed away I did a will I got life insurance And you know Started making all those tough decisions Um
1: but
0: everyone can relate to something shifts in you when you meet with mortality that early on. You know, my husband was 37. He hadn't even reached 40 yet. So, you know, it causes you to think about your own mortality and well, goodness, if it could happen to him, you know, maybe I need to start thinking about this, but prior to him passing away, it wasn't a thought. The only thought was, The profession that he had gone into, I was afraid that he may pass away, you know, being in that profession as a firefighter. And so, you know, one of the bargains that we had made with him doing it was, please make sure you have life insurance so that if something happens to you in the event that you are in a fire, that the children and I are protected. You know, and that was really the only conversation we ever really had about it and you know, he he um, you know, went on to, to get on the department and you know, with that comes okay, life insurance and, and all of these different things that are that you have to put in place anyway. Um but I as far as me, I never thought it because you just you just assumed Morley no, I did. Oh, I'm gonna live till I'm in my 60s or 70s or 80s because my grandparents yeah. did, and my my parents are, and you know, when yeah. something like that yeah. happens, you your whole your paradigm shifts majorly. So, uh, I think when I was reading the article, and I saw that he had passed away, it was like shock, and then I was reading his. Um, you know, what he was saying about his wife and, and that it was his soulmate. And I think a lot of times for those of us who have been in relationships like that, where you really feel like that person is your other half. I know for me, like I always say, and I still say a part of me left with him. So, you know, when I was reading it, I was just relating to what he said and I was like, I get that, you know, and, Yeah, yeah. It was just really deep, really deep, heartfelt It was, it was deep, it was heartfelt And, you know, there's one sentence in there that really got to me And um, I think one of the ladies in the group uh, mentioned it as well Um, You know, you don't really grasp it When the person tells you they're going to die, you go crazy Um, You become a different person from the moment you hear those words And that is absolutely true you become a different person. I know his wife told him, and, you know, I had to tell my husband instead of a doctor telling uh, the my husband. I The doctor told me, and I had to tell him. So um, it's not easy hearing those words, and it's not easy saying those words. Mm-hmm. So your paradigm does shift, you know, and I totally agree with you, Khadijah. It's... Um, we think we're 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 immortal at times, and we can get away with our health and and not go to the doctor. And um, even so, she was healthy. It's just one of those things where you just you just never know, and you just have to you really have to be prepared emotionally, spiritually, financially, if you can. Um, it's a hard thing. It's, it's and it's a hard discussion for a lot of people to have. Anyone else? I think why. Um, this is my, this is. Oh, go ahead. For for me, um, it was it was a it was just a something that I kind of dealt with within my within myself because my husband was my husband was thirty four, and my children were um, ten and fourteen at the time. And my husband, um, he was he was he was a businessman, so he was like a stickler about life insurance, and, I mean, we had life, we had insurance on the cat, you know, that's how, that's how much of a stickler he was, you know, about life insurance um, on that front, but just, you know, talking about death, planning death, you know, I mean, planning for death and things like that, that was having a will, that wasn't anywhere on our, um, on our radar, he was 34, I was 31, you know, so we're still thinking, you know, we're young, we have time, you know. Um, unfortunate. um, you know, my husband's death was very sudden, you know, very tragic. And unfortunately, because of the manner of death, all this planning that he did, the life insurance did not pay out. And so, you know, me and the kids
1: didn't
0: oh. get any, yeah, me and the kids didn't get anything besides um, oh a small policy that he did have through his job. Thank that God for the, the job, small you know, one. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Pay that by the grace of God paid for um pay for the funeral and um but if we didn't have that through his job, you know um you know, I would have been trying to figure out how to pay for the funeral, so we did have that to pay for the funeral, so in my case as as far as life insurance, we were ready we we were ready financially had he not passed away, how he passed away. And actually he had just switched insurance policy. So if he had kept the old insurance policy, um, it would have paid out, but he only had the insurance policy um, a year and a half, you know, before, before he passed away. So, you know, what it did for me because these kids were 10 and 14, you know, it really, you know, it really kind of got me on the ball because, and I I think I probably overcompensated. <laughs> and so I, because I wanted to make sure that if something ever happened to me that they would be um they would be well taken care of and so, um, you know, I I, I always make sure like our policies were up to date and then I kind of knew, you know, just how I felt planning the funeral, picking out the casket, you know, planning the service, you know, all all of this you know, mundane stuff watching how people are divided and think they're thinking they're money and they want to fight, and all of those things that go with it. I did not want my children going through all of that, and so I set out to write down you know um just a plan for myself and and from and you know and my son, you know from the time he was fourteen, you know we we talked about it, you know if something ever happens to me this is what I want, you know, this this is, I, I told them to cremate me because I don't want them having to worry about burying me. I don't want them putting all the money in the ground. We, we've we had a plan, you know, since, since that happened. And even though I do have to update my will, and even though I don't have, like, a service planned out, I do have plans to um, go and do, like, the prepaid service thing because it follows you wherever you go. And that way, you know, when I do pass away, and hopefully I pass away, you know, well, well into the future, you know, um, but it, and before them, but when it does happen, I just don't want them having any worry whatsoever about my my wishes, my plans. Yeah. Um. What yeah. My, what's my favorite color? You know, just you know, what type exactly. of flowers? Yeah. You know, I don't want them to worry about any of that. So. so. And that sounds like a plan. That's that's awesome. You know, um, same here, we had a small policy for my job because he had lupus and he wasn't, um, well, he had lupus prior to him getting cancer and it was just hard to insure him. So I definitely, and it paid for the the funeral. It it definitely, it definitely helped what little, you know, it was. It definitely helped, so. um, Can I ask a question? Can I
1: ask a question? Sure, sure. Yeah, this, this, this is this to you know you um you know every all the widows out there and, and it's up to you if you want to answer it or not. Um so prior prior to you know when your when your spouses were alive, um did you guys have life insurance? Like the women. And, um, yes.
0: Yes. I did I have I may have had the job no, no,
1: I did not. Like um, you know um, you know you, you can either job. get it through your job, you know like uh, I guess depending on the company you can get you know up to four times your salary if you go through your job or you can go out and get your own and you know you can get you know because you get the stuff in the mail all the time and it shows that oh you know three hundred thousand you pay. You know, non-smoker, you pay this. Smoker, you pay that. And usually for females, it's cheaper than males. Right. Mm-hmm. We're we're idiots and we don't live long.
0: Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have in my job now and I have another... Yeah, uh,
1: you know, So, like, that when have- you were married, when you were married, that's uh, the question. It's like when... Um, The point of it is is that, you know, um, and at least for me personally, and and even when I was part of bereavement groups, uh, I found that a lot of the women, this is just a small sample, just my own personal, and through dealing with these other women, that it didn't seem that they had life insurance, but their spouses did, that the males did.
0: Mm -hmm. i had i had life insurance um but that's just like that was just the type of man my husband was he was just like no you know we're getting life insurance and that's the type of man his dad you know is and so that's just something he naturally did but after he passed away you know like i said i think i overcompensated because i had like you know the original life insurance plan and then i went out and got another life insurance um another life insurance plan and then i have a um I have two whole life insurance policies, and I have a um, a term life insurance policy. So, like, if something happens to me, my kids will be well taken care of. And so I think I kind of went overboard. Um, and I can't even say overboard, you know, um, because yeah. because of my age, it doesn't cost me that much. But I just wanted to make sure if something happens to me, they, they were taken care of because pretty much I'm all they have right now. And so...
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and you know, like similar. I'm not sure who I'm talking to, but you know, while I was married, that's what my mindset. I wanted to make sure that my wife and kids were taken care of. So I was, you know, diligent in you know make you know securing it where, you know, just just looking at their future. Okay, how much money is going to be needed for college? Would the house be able to be paid for? You know, it's like I won't be there to support them anymore. So because of that, I wanted to make sure I had the life insurance in place. But what I found out, you know, was just personally and just with other, you know, that it wasn't the same. Like there was um, either they just relied on the husband to, to have that life insurance, but they didn't have the comparable life insurance that if something happened to them.
0: And I wonder if that's because, and I don't know if this is true, and my statistics show that, I mean, they both should have it, but statistics show that uh, usually the husband died, if we're talking about African-Americans, I'm not sure, but I don't know if that's the question. I wonder if that's yeah, the I can 100%. speak. I was going to speak from my my situation my husband was the primary breadwinner and so you know the focus was like his job and his benefits and what he had and you know when he passed away all of that stuff went away you know it just so happened that he had a life insurance policy in place but there was just no thought of whether or not I needed to have it ever because I was the stay at home mom and he was the breadwinner and so the focus was with him and you know, what benefits he had coming in. Like I that's a whole nother can of worms. So I'm gonna stop right there. But yeah. No, but you
1: what you just said was key because I think that that happens a lot, you know, um, you know if you wanna just talk normally you know, most husbands make more money or the breadwinners of of the household. So because of that, they go through the extra precaution of okay, making sure well, because the salary is me, I wanna make sure that if something happens to me that everyone's taken care of. But we never really think about the other side. And then especially if the wife, you know, if she's working, um And, you know, she's contributing financially because, you know, sometimes you need two two salaries to support the family that you have. And then when that, you know, um, wife, she passed away, that husband, that family loses her salary. And, you know, now it's almost as if, you know, he's scrambling because the life insurance wasn't in place, like, if, but it was the flip side, you know. Um, if he does, if he did what he's supposed to do, like in my case, I'm talking personally because of what I did. You know, there was plenty of life insurance for my wife and kids if something happened to me.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah, and that's 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 a that's another discussion or another topic then and there. It's, it's, it's something that we all have to think about. You know, I just posted something today um, about finances. Uh, there was an article that I believe it was seven steps or seven things you can do to make sure your finances are in order, um, you know, during this, uh, the time of uh, potential loss or after uh, the transition of a spouse. And it was really good. And um, that's something that we all need me to consider. Even if none of us are sick, you know, it's um it's definitely worthwhile. Anyone it else have anything that they would like to add? I just um what you just said as far as I just think if human nature could just you wanna know, avoid that, but it's so it's inevitable. And I think all of us because we've lost spouses realize this that maybe prior we didn't because my husband died uh, suddenly, although he had chronic heart disease it wasn't he was on his way to work, so he wasn't in the hospital or anything but um the thing about it is it's just it's so it's uncomfortable, but it has we realize we on this call realized the one other point I wanted to make is like, it's not about the insurance what i when it first happened seven years ago uh I was reading, I don't know, articles and research and things about being a widow. And I was reading, and I still read it, that um, oftentimes uh, when you leave a spouse, the spouse, the one left, uh, passes away of the same thing that the spouse passed away of. So in my head, I'm like, I, frankly, I don't want to joke about it, but I was like, I'm not going out like that. And so I really took an account of my, he died of heart disease and, heart attack and things like that, um, high blood pressure, uh, cholesterol. Um, so I just really did revamp my health routine and um, yeah. change some things because I'm all my children have. We're all our children have. Exactly. Exactly. And and another subject I want to delve into that I, and thanks everyone for your for your input, but I wanted to talk about love you know, can we find love again? And, you know, as as I was doing some research on, you know, his death and his wife, it was interesting. I just wanted to read something uh, to you guys, a short paragraph if you don't mind. Um, It says, Charlie met Tisha on a boat while she was having dinner with friends and he believed it was love at at first sight when he first saw her. Uh, For me, it was an instant. that Charlie in an interview with BlackDoctor.org The first night I met Tisha was on a boat. She was having dinner with her friends. She didn't know who I was, and I asked her to come with me. Her friends told her not to go, but she did. We drove straight to my brother's house. My mother was there. My stepfather was there. Eddie was there. They were all in the kitchen, and I walked in, and I said, this is my future wife. We Mm fit," explains Murphy. I don't believe that you can meet another person that fits just like that. She wasn't even another person. She's a mirror. You know what I mean? It was like that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. When I read that, mm-hmm. wow! I almost started bawling. But you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you where you say to yourself, and obviously he didn't remarry. Can we find love again? And, mm-hmm. I, and I think I think it 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 varies from you know from from person to person depending on, you know, what they want in life, what what they um, feel that they, what their needs are. Um, I feel you can find love again. Um, It's been five years for me. Um, His wife died in 2009, so it's been a while for him. Uh, But we just didn't hear if he did find love again. So I just want to put it out there, you know. Um, Can can we find – think you think you can find love again? I think so. Or do you want to find love again or you don't want to find love again? I I think so, (laughs) and yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope it it was. (laughs) It's been seven years for me, Sabra, and um, mm. I uh, depend a lot on faith, uh, my faith, and so I, I'll just say I yes to both of those because uh, I still believe myself to be relatively young, and I mm-hmm. think many of us on, and all of us on this uh, call are within a certain range, and so I'm not going to sit here and say I had a two-month-old baby and an eight-year-old.
1: Seven years ago,
0: when it yes, happened, I, I looked. Yeah. You know, and when I look seven years later, I'm like, "Yeah, this could happen," um, and I'm definitely open to it if it does. But, you know, but I'm sitting mm-hmm. on God. Is what I'm doing. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I definitely think... do. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I definitely do. You know, I'm 37. And, you know, it's, I, I know I, I definitely do, you know, I'm in, I'm, you know, I'm 37 and I've, you know, talked about this. I talk about this in the group a lot, Um, you know, and I, when people my age are just now kind of like starting their families or they have smaller children in and in, in a year and a half, I'll have an empty nest. <laughs> and so, Ooh. you know, uh, my son my son is getting ready to um you know to transfer to another college and you know move into his own apartment my daughter will be um you know on on a on a college you know campus and so you know I would like to be married again you know because I do want I do want the companionship um you know and I'm just in a really awkward position you know right right now because all of my friends are are married with small children or if they're not married, they have small children. And here I am widowed at 37 Mm. and my nest is about to be empty. And so, you know, I don't have a relationship, a a, a close relationship with my biological family and, you know, things happen, you know, when you become widowed. And so I'm no longer close to my in-laws. And so, you know, I don't Mm. mind. Being alone You know I I travel a lot I do a lot of things for me And I'm actually content But I do desire You know To be married again Because I want someone to You know Share all of these wonderful things That are going to be happening In the future with me I want someone to share Share that with You know So I'm open Mm -hmm. to it (laughs) But it is hard (laughs) Yeah Yeah It is hard But You know uh-huh. I was else? just gonna say, yeah, I was just gonna say, I read something somewhere, or I thought it—I don't know how I came across this—but every man cannot handle a widow's heart. Mm, just, that's good. That's so that true. That is so true. The type of people, women, it. we are in our experience, everybody can't handle that, and so it's very difficult. I think for our circumstance. Yeah. Um, Not you know people with children we you know they blend family. I don't think it's because of the kids. I think it's because of our background and circumstances and things we've been through. We've been through the depths of grief, and we we are still there. And it's it's, we've changed it, and we're different. I don't know if anyone else can speak to this. This is the way I feel about it. But my whole I came to the conclusion that everybody can't handle a widow's heart. Hmm. I, I think that's that. part of it I think that's part of it But um, I think also too Three months ago I would have had a very Different answer than what my answer Was going to be tonight um, oh, Because <laughs> Only because You guys know And I you know I'm glad we're having this conversation I know it's being recorded And I don't really care but I'm in grief counseling. And so Mm -hmm. I'm also in relation, I have a relationship coach. And so, you know, I was telling her that I am going to grief counseling and we did a symbolic grief exercise last week. And in this exercise, uh, she had me imagine the qualities of my husband. And, you know each quality that I brought up, I had to imagine a symbol for that quality, so for instance, he was a good dad, so my the symbol that came up for me was a hand reaching down to a uh, an adult hand reaching down to a little child's hand reaching up and with each with each symbol that I had to imagine, she had me like say. to to bring the symbol into the future and the level of anxiety that I had doing that exercise, it got, it brought me to a place where I said to her, I don't think today is a good idea for me to do this because Mm -hmm. I could not imagine those qualities that my husband had in anyone else. And one of the reasons why I wanted to go to grief counseling was because I had been dating and I was like, I'm dating, there are men around but this this connection that I desire is not happening. Why? Like you know, I was just was like there's something else here.
1: And I have
0: and I have and I had this subconscious mm, I don't know what the word is, but there was subconsciously something there for me that I could not let go of my husband. I told her within that oh. exercise, I feel like I'm leaving him behind. You're asking me to pull all of these qualities out. And every time you're, you're asking me to pull these qualities out, I feel like I'm separating from him. Because she said, one, one rule, you cannot picture his mind. You can't picture his face when you do this exercise. So I couldn't imagine him while I was doing the exercise. I had to really just connect with those qualities. So it it, it was, you know, for me, I didn't realize. That's why when I was reading Charlie Murphy's uh, article and he was talking about this woman being his soulmate, I connected, Mm -hmm. I guess, more with that than any other thing because I really felt like my husband was my other half other half of me. So it's really been hard for me to date because <laughs> I'm still thinking about him, you know, and I'm working through it, of course, with the relationship coach and, you know, going to the grief counseling. Um, but runs really deep, I think, for a lot of us, you know, especially as women. Um, and, and I know some of us married young. I married young. I married at 18, so I spent mm. all of my yeah. adult life with my husband. I didn't know anything else. So, yeah. And you know what? Thank you so much for sharing that because that's another show coming up in May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and you said so you married at eighteen. I married at twenty-two, and I'm sure I think someone else, uh, someone may have married between the time between our ages that we married. Uh, that's on the call. And that's one thing, you know, you marry young and you that's that's all you've been with. And then you're single. And then yeah. you're dating. You know, and it's hard. It really is. And, you know, that's that's another topic. I'm so glad that there's uh support groups out there that um uh, you know, Carrie Phillips has young uh young widowed in dating and there's there's uh other groups out there, uh, as it relates to dating, you know, for widows. Uh and it's and it's needed. It really is needed because it's um it's something that's hard for us. It it really is. And uh with me I think it's uh you know, when I hear the stories it's like, well, man, you might as well just date a widower because they get it, you know? Um I don't know. I don't know if anyone feels that way. But like I said, that's another story, folks. Um, it's 1157. Uh, I'm going to have to end it here. But is there anything else that anyone would like to um, share before we before we sign off in about three minutes? If you can share something uh, within one minute, that would be fine. I won't take you that long. I just appreciate <laughs> <So simple. laughs> the fellowship of other, uh because, you know, it's been a while for me, but I still get, it's still isolated. And so I just like the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you having yeah. the show. It yeah. Was and I could feel within this, you know, within this uh, whole conversation that I could just sense the energy, you know, that people want to talk, you, you want to talk about it. Because it's, it's mm-hmm. something we don't, you know, we get it. We could talk about it to someone who hasn't, then it walked in our shoes and it To me, it just goes on deaf ears because you just really don't understand. But I just want to thank you guys for um, calling in this evening. I know, um, like I said, it's late. But you know what? I think I like this. (laughs) I normally have it on Saturdays as well at 11, but I think I'm going to kind of do both. Okay, they're telling me I have 90 seconds, but (laughs) I just want to thank you all. Um, You know, thank you for joining Please join us tomorrow at 9 o'clock Eastern uh, as I chat with Rochelle Ham. And she talk, she's going to talk to us specifically about the Ham Alert, which is a petition um, for lawmakers to help pass uh, that relates to more oversight of shipping companies similar to air traffic controllers for planes to stop companies from sending ships into dangerous weather because her husband um, Paris in the, uh, the on the uh, El Faro, uh, cargo ship uh, that went down October 2015. So just please remember, mm-hmm. grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness nor a lack of faith. It's the price of love. So until next time, you all, you just stay encouraged. And uh, thank you for joining. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.